Hey, welcome to the CMO Whisper Show. I'm your host, Steve Olensky. Part marketing practitioner, part ad agency veteran, part journalist. I was a writer for Forbes for 10 years. I've had so many insightful conversations over the years with business leaders, to athletes, to celebrities, to, of course, CMOs. The only difference now is instead of sharing those insights through written form, I'm doing it this way. My guest this week is Rena Egnihotri, former global head of brand consulting at Deloitte. Rena is now global CMO at Valientis, a leading global Atlassian partner that accelerates customers' business transformations using agile methods. Rena is also part of an exclusive leadership program through Women of Influence, a program designed for decision makers who want to optimize their leadership potential and continue establishing their legacy. Here's my highly entertaining conversation with Rena Egnihotri. I want to start off with something that I know you are very, very passionate about, the women of influence. Tell my audience about it, how you got involved, anything else you want to tell. Women of influence is it's an organization that focuses on rewriting the narrative and reimagining what it means to be a woman of influence in today's business world. So last year, I had the privilege of getting an invite-only dinner, uh, being in a room with top-notch global leading women, and it was truly an honor. Uh, Since then, I was recently accepted into an exclusive invite-only leadership program at Women of Influence, which starts in the new year, so I'm really excited. It will give me the opportunity to optimize my potential and continue to establish my legacy. That's the intent of the program. So I'll have the opportunity to be at the table with some leading global female leaders who are inspiring, aspirational. They'll bring forward diverse perspectives. So I'm looking at this as an opportunity to not only share what I've learned in my professional journey, but also hear from them because I think that will help me to grow and be better. I love it. I I love it, support it. I want to do anything I can to help get the word out. So Women of Influence, please look it up. Okay, let's put your CMO hat on. So we know marketing is on the hook for so many different things, right? And one of them being growing existing client, right? And to me, it's always about you know relationships with existing clients while also capturing and getting new customers, right? And I know that's so much easier said than done. But I want to I want to get into the importance right, of, and get your thoughts on the importance of nurturing, very operative word, and expanding those relationships with current clients to upsell, cross-sell. How does a CMO do that in today's world? Yeah, so let's just get into the crunch of the nacho, and and let me share the, the salsa sauce here, Steve. The most important aspect is looking at growth uh, within your existing customer base. And you said the word nurturing, and it's all about connecting with your existing base. Uh, You don't want to treat your existing base as a transaction, as a one-time exchange. So how are you looking at nurturing that relationship? If you look at the 80-20 rule, that needs attention. Are we amplifying the 20% driving 80% of our revenue? Are we looking at their customer lifetime value and maximizing the benefits, ensuring our value is received on their end? How are we articulating our offerings to entice our existing base to invest more in us? 
or opt for premium services, right? So marketers Mm -hmm. can explore so many different options while nurturing those relationships with their, their customers by exploring bundled services, upselling, cross selling, you can look at product or service differentiation within your ecosystem, your core services, adjacent or complementary services. And all of these things can showcase the full spectrum of value that we bring to customers. It's not just about the transactions. Like I said earlier, it's about enduring connections and creating those memorable moments and experiences. Exactly. And you know, we're, as we get into more of the other parts of growing, capturing new, right, and retention all at the same time, right, it's very easy for one or more of those three tenants, if you will, to get lost in the shuffle, right? For some CMOs, I know for a fact where you get so focused on growth, retention slips by. And then you, then you remember the old marketing 101, it costs more to get a new customer to retain an existing one. Right. And, you know, when I think of retention, I think of, you know, how we need to protect the customers that could potentially walk away. What is that defend strategy? What is that personalized experience that you're creating for your existing customer base to create that advocacy and loyalty so they remain as a lifetime customer? Defend and retain strategy, it involves understanding customer needs, delivering consistent and exceptional experiences, actively seeking and acting on feedback, and staying ahead with innovative offerings. But as part of the defend and retain strategy, you can't forget about the influence of brand. Brand not only appeals emotionally, but also delivers on its promises, building trust and reliability in the minds of customers. It's the harmony between what a brand stands for emotionally and how well it meets the practical needs of its audience. And by creating a brand that resonates emotionally and functionally, CMOs build a defense against attrition while fostering loyalty that withstands market changes. Yep, exactly. And they always, always have to be that diligent of always, you know, look, it's the ultimate cliche, but always have that one eye of what's around the corner, right? And what else could I be doing, right? Specifically, and I'll go here, even though, well, there's no right, wrong time to bring this up, but it is literally the elephant in every marketer's room, Mm -hmm. as I lovingly call it, and it's AI. So without getting too ahead of ourselves, because there's, I know there's a lot of other topics we're going to get to when it comes to just marketing in general, but let me kind of put a, put a line in the sand here about get your thoughts on AI as it relates to the, the customer base, right? Of growing, capturing, retaining. What are you seeing from an AI perspective? How do you see AI playing a role? AI is quite interesting. You know, when OpenAI introduced ChatGPT, back in December of last year, that opened the doors for developers, right? It opened the doors to marketers. It transformed the way that we do marketing, the way that we create visuals or develop content. But in particular, you know, when we look at, let's say, you know, capturing 
a new customer, for example, how can I use AI? Well, today, your online behavior is available to marketers. You know, that's intent data. And that's very powerful for any marketer. We basically sold our souls. We sold our digital DNA to the internet. And AI can leverage that information, help to provide predictive analytics that can tell us a bit more about these prospective customers. Right. So I think that's one unique way of leveraging AI from a marketing perspective, because using intent data will help you to understand those customers intentions to to make a purchase. Mm -hmm. Look, it's again, I call it the elephant in the room for every marketer about AI and just how it's going to permeate and is permeating everything. And there's so much I don't think we've even approached. We can't even see the iceberg, let alone the tip of the iceberg. But I want to move along to something that's very near and dear to every CMO's heart, and that's competition and the need to, of course, outperform said competition. And I know you have very specific thoughts about gathering intelligence and differentiating from your customer. How does AI play into that, you know, as an example, right? What are your thoughts on what a brand should be doing or can be doing when it comes to gathering, you know, competitor data and intel, and then use that to differentiate? You know, market and competitor intelligence is really important. And you can definitely use AI because the natural language processing helps to collate content from different sources. So, you know, you can certainly leverage that to identify what those market trends are. But, you know, I want to just take one step back because this one quote really stands out from Jeff Bezos. And he said it best. We're not competitor obsessed. We're customer obsessed. We start with what the customer needs and we work backward. Now, this is a sticky, memorable quote, but the meaning is even more powerful for marketers. If I'm competitor obsessed, Will I lead the organization I work for in the direction of becoming the undisputed leader or a follower, right? Mm -hmm. So we must be customer obsessed and that will make us a dominant player, if not the dominant player in the industry. So looking at insights for competitors and the market itself is critical, but I'd say the customer insights is what will help you to stand out. And today we're in this era of the survival of the fittest. We're in the Hunger Games minus the Bows and Arrows and Jennifer Lawrence. I never imagined 100 year brands getting replaced in the rankings by startup companies that are using AI, that are more agile. But that's the reality of today's world, and you have to be prepared. So, as a marketer, yes, it's important to definitely leverage these these new tools that are on the rise, but actively listening and engaging with our customers is important to to, you know, help differentiate ourselves in the market. Yeah, I was I was talking to someone yesterday and I asked the question of do you think there's a chance and I use the word fear of marketers and advertisers and brands whomever getting too dependent and reliant on AI at any point. And it's hard to say, but I, I, and maybe it's just the, I'm being fatalistic, but I, I think that could happen. 
Yep. I, I'm guilty. <laughs> I, <laughs> I go on chat GPT and, and I ask about my life questions. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, absolutely. We might be relying a lot on AI today when it just, you know, came about to the, to the market, but it does allow you as a marketer to still be strategic in your role because it's dependent on the types of prompts that you use and how you phrase your questions and, Mm. uh, you know, your strategic thinking is there. But I will challenge something for us to start thinking about. And I don't have the answer to this right now, but I'm going to put the question out there. If we're putting in the prompts, tomorrow, AI is just collecting all of the prompts, the machine learning can model some of that strategic thinking in the future. So how are we as marketers going to continue upskilling beyond that? And that's something for us to start thinking about. Yeah, it's it's rhetorical right now, but I know what you mean. Right, exactly. Wow, that is a lot to think about. So when we chatted a couple of weeks ago ahead of this, you said something that I wrote down that I wanted to bring up. And you talked about the synergies between three very distinct things, digital transformation, marketing, and customer experience. And I wrote myself a note that said, all right, I want to ask Green about how does she see these three things connected and why and what it all means. So digital transformation, marketing, and customer experience. Um, Today, we're seeing an evolution in traditional industries like auto or financial services appear to be transforming into tech companies, right? So we're seeing the emergence of AI, but there's also other technologies like IoT, blockchain, um, XR, you know, you name it, there's cloud, right? Analytics. And, you know, as marketers, we need to be on top of these trends. And I feel that the role of the marketer is evolving, where we need to start looking at becoming technologists. Now, I'm not suggesting that we become IT experts and we learn coding or become engineers, but we need to understand technology to some degree and the implications on industry and businesses. So the symbiosis between digital transformation, marketing, and customer experience is the catalyst for success. Digital transformation is the deeper integration of technologies into business processes and driving organizational change setting the stage for a modernized and innovative infrastructure, while marketing is the storyteller, creating compelling narratives for around this transformation. And then you've got customer experience that's shaped by the digital impl- implementations and advancements that you're making in the back-end office and leveraging those stories by marketing. But you know, customer experience goes deeper into the personalized interactions that fulfill and exceed customer expectations and focuses on the front end office. So the synergy between these three areas, I think it forms a powerful ecosystem where technology, storytelling, and customer centricity converge, propelling the business into a new era of success. So what I'm basically trying to say is the role of marketing is evolving with the evolution of industries, and it's predominantly because of these emerging technologies. And I used to ask myself, what's that next evolution of digital marketing, for example? And I really think it's this. 
Marketing is a growth driver for the business and the connectivity between these three focus areas, digital transformation, marketing, and customer experience. It feels like one joint powerful ecosystem for a business together forming a customer and digital strategy that will allow us to market to the customer of the future. Mm, There's a lot to disseminate there, but I love that to give my listeners something to think about and really ponder what those three things coming together means, not just now and in the future. Another elephant in the room that I think is there is cancel culture. And I'm really interested to get your thoughts on, should a given board be worried about cancel culture, right? Should management, should C-levels be worried about cancel culture? And then why? Why should you care as a business, as a CMO, as a CEO, as a, if the customer controls the narrative, what can be done? Like, what can a CMO do to safeguard reputation when they don't have control over it, over it in the first place? Okay, so my POV is this. Cancel culture needs to cancel cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If it was only that easy. <laughs> My theory is that there is an organization out there with bots that have town hall meetings on driving a consistent narrative to cancel other people mm. and businesses. But real talk, gone are the days that companies can dictate the narrative. The customer does control the narrative, like you said, which means that we do have to find ways to safeguard the brand. You know, I'm an active TikTok user, and there was this situation where I saw a post by someone who goes to the gym. He had a bad customer experience with an employee there. He already had a very strong following on TikTok. He posted his experience, and boom, within just a few hours, he got millions of views, likes, comments, and shares. And I Googled the gym, and their reviews went from five stars to one within Uh, just a few hours. uh, So the power of social influence is real. One bad experience or controversy can lead your brand to not being a brand anymore within minutes. Marketers need to have a safeguard brand strategy and crisis communications need to be put in, in place. Yes, quality audits, transparency, diversity, equity, inclusion, ESG are rightfully on the board's agenda, but I do believe that brand safeguarding it needs to be on the board's agenda too. Hmm. And Steve, do you ever watch like soccer or as my European friends would say football? Of course. Yeah. So remember Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't know if you remember this, but he removed the drink and replaced it with water during his press conference. I remember it well. Right. So that nameless drink, their market value dropped by, I think, $4 billion, I believe, Mm. the next day. Right? So cancel culture is real. And there's a lot of social influence behind it. There's even this added layer of deep fakes, AI, and virtual Mm -hmm. privacy issues. And... Now you don't know what's real, what's not real. Regulations are usually put in place after an incident occurs, but we are exponentially growing the use of AI to the point where we need regulations in place now. Your corporate, personal, and virtual brands are not safe. So imagine a CEO is sharing negative reviews about your company's financial standings, and that goes viral, but plot twist 
It was AI masking your CEO that wasn't even your CEO. Yep. Right? So deep fakes are out there already, and so are AI. So how do you recover your brand for something like that? It's a great question. I've long thought since that every brand should have that at the ready crisis management team or plan mm-hmm. even before AI and deep fakes. Cause you know, in the digital age, like you said, that gym example is a great one. How do you respond to something negative? And I, I, I still to this day, I cannot understand how some brands just ignore it and think it's going to go away. It's the worst thing you can do. But I loved your idea about having that, that you know, a SEAL team, if you will, <laughs> of crisis management. And and by the way, anybody listening who's at a small brand think, well, we can't afford that. Yeah, you can. You know, I don't think you or I are advocating to have this big fifty-person team. Mm-hmm. Just have something in place to address, right? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that's basically what you're saying. That's that's exactly it. Know what your SLAs will be to respond quickly to a bad customer experience or deep fake AI situation. Have some security parameters for virtual privacy in place, like work with your IT team, invest in social media monitoring and listening. And definitely, like you said, the, the crisis communication and risk management plan you know, should be uh, developed by any organization. You, you need to be prepared. You know, I saw this organization that created a video, and it was kind of interesting. They grabbed a bunch of images from, you know, a younger child created a video of that child looking older using AI and was trying to show the impact of virtual privacy and how your identity could be manipulated, Mm. right? It was a really interesting video. I'll have to share it with you. It's scary. Like it, it really is frightening. Brands have never been in control, despite what they've thought in CMOs or whatever. But now it's even more unnerving mm-hmm. to think that twenty years ago, someone had a bad experience. Maybe send an email mm-hmm. to the brand, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe go on Twitter, which was just in its infancy in Facebook, but now. And like your point is so salient that with AI and deep fakes, it's taken that to a whole nother level. You know, look, by nature, I think human beings, especially executives to some degree, like to feel like they're in control. They're not. <laughs> they're just not. And that that's unnerving to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to you have to acknowledge that. That's exactly it. And, you know, you need to be ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. Do you play chess? I do. I used to play a lot. I mean, I know how to play. (laughs) How many moves do you think you should visualize before making your actual move? Oh, gosh. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say three. Okay. So you have to practice visualization in chess. I'm not a grandmaster, okay? (laughs) An average player will probably do about three to four moves. But a grandmaster, they're thinking about 10 to 15 moves in advance. We are living in an era where with the emerging technologies to stay ahead of the game, you have to be practical to be able to focus on your quick wins in business. But Mm -hmm. you do have to think about the future 
and the impact of the future in your business and the direction of AI. I mean, there are so many possibilities where this can take you. But, you know, as leaders, CXOs, we need to help them to look forward, look forward at, you know, what is their purpose? What's their mission? Are we going to reinvent our business model to, to stay alive in, in this type of era? Right. So there's a lot to, to think about and a lot of pressure on CXOs, but specifically on marketers today. So I'm going to ask you something that is so near and dear to my heart. And I've written about, I get asked about, why does the CMO on average always come back with the shortest tenure in the C-suite? I, <laughs> I think everyone thinks they know marketing. Mm-hmm. And it's a common challenge that we face, right? A lot of times there's this belief that a brand is a logo. You put some content together, you create some splash on your website, you put it out on social media, and and there you go, you're off. You've got a couple of clicks, but it's not always seen as a growth driver, which is interesting because the marketing function applies to every business function across your organization. And you know, we look at growth, we look at capturing new customers, we look at retaining our customers, creating experiences, positioning the organization for the future. And, and I, so I think it's a, a lack of understanding of how marketing can move the needle for your business. And sometimes I also think that you know, CMOs are there for a short period of time because you make your footprint and then you're off. But we really need to look at the longevity of, of marketing. It's not just creating a structure in an organization and, and creating integrated marketing campaigns. Like I'm thinking forward about the evolution of this role. And that's why I was referring to digital transformation, customer experience and marketing being a cohesive, you know, ecosystem within an organization that can create long-term impact, not just for two to three years, but a couple of years, you know, down the road. Yeah, it's, it's, you've probably heard that, everybody's heard that stat, right? And it's such a, to me, it's almost a lazy stat in, in a lot of ways. And I have a lot of thoughts on it, which I will gladly tell you offline <laughs> <laughs> why that, why that is. But I want to be respectful of your time. Who would you say, looking back, who's had the biggest impact on your career? Is it fair to say my mother? <laughs> There's no wrong answer. You know what? My my mother, I say this because it's a very personal thing. She was a single mother, right? And she always said, Rena, you've got to make it big, but you're going to have to do it alone, right? You're going to have to take care of yourself. You're going to have to make an impact in your in your life and, and achieve XYZ, but you're going to have to do it on your own. And she showed me this level of strength growing up. And I always admired that. And it helped me to recognize that I need to achieve certain ambitions. I want to make an impact 
in my career. I want to leave behind a legacy. When I'm not here, uh, I want to be remembered uh, for doing something grand. All right, so I'm trying to make all these steps and, you know, further my my executive education and and learn new things and but at the end of the day, I really want to do what my mother did for me, which was make an impact for me. And I want to do that for other people. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, last couple things. I know people listening cannot see this and regular listeners will know, will know where I'm going. But as you can see on the wall behind me, there are a bunch of music albums. And my favorite song of all time is a song called Lean On Me. I don't know if you're familiar with the song, but the lyrics resonate very much with me. Mm-hmm. My question for you, and I'm putting you squarely in the spot, is there a song, is there a lyric, is there an artist, is there a concert, is there something from the world of music, song comes on, that's my song, or that lyric resonates with me for so many different reasons. What comes to mind when I say that? Okay, first of all, I like Lean On Me too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like, you know, one, one song that I think is really powerful is from John Lennon, Imagine. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's mm-hmm. just about peace and being borderless and, you know, just getting along. And I feel like we need that in humanity today. And so every single time I listen to that song, I, I just feel like all 8 billion, 9 billion people should just listen to that every day and remind each other that we're human beings. And, you know, that's one of the most beautiful songs that I think that was written. Well, if you think about it, the ultimate goal would be to where we don't have to imagine it because it's real. Mm -hmm. So as I'm putting my album all together for my studio and I'm thinking about this and a phrase comes into my mind, Uh the sound of marketing, what Mm -hmm. does marketing sound like? That's a really interesting question. I think, you know, if I had to pick an instrument, I'd say like a piano because of the various, you know, you could go with any tune and flow uh, with marketing. And sometimes the most fluid music that you play on a piano, it just comes together beautifully. I can also even pick a a violin as well. (laughs) But, you know, I think it sounds harmonious. I think that's what marketing sounds like to me, because we're really aligning to the business strategy, the imperatives, we're looking forward. And, and so I, I, I feel like the word harmony, harmonious, that comes to mind. Interesting. Yeah. And again, there's no wrong answer. That's the beauty of the question. Whatever comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I've had a blast. The time has flown by. I, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your very busy day to come on and spend it with me. And I know my listeners are going to get a ton <laughs> from you. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity of being here. Well, that wraps up another episode of the CMO Whisperer Show. I hope you shared this episode with your friends. And if you have not already, please subscribe to be kept up to date on all the latest episodes. And 
If you're so inclined, leave me a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you. 